Happy Sunday. Can I have all y'all stand up? We're going to say hello to all the campuses. Uh, if you are new, I'm Miles McPherson, Pastor of the Rock, and we have uh, five other campuses. In addition to that, we have City Heights, El Cajon, Chula Vista, San Marcos, and Oahu all watching. So we want to say hello to everybody. God bless y'all. If if you know somebody in those communities, please invite them to go to one of those communities. And if you want to go to Hawaii, we have people over there. I love Hawaii. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, I was, um, you know, all, all worship songs aren't created equal. <laughs> Amen. They, they don't, uh, let me say this. They, they, they don't impact us equally. Uh, and the one we just sang here in Point Loma gets me all the time. And I just want to read it. I'm not going to sing it. That, that would just not be good. I used to be a singer in a band, by the way. I was a lead singer. And the whole time, I, we probably did like 20 gigs, right? Um, they weren't big enough to be called gigs, so they were good. And um, the whole time I was singing, I knew I was horrible. <sighs> okay. So I'm not going to sing. But I want, I want to say the words to, to the worship song we just sang here in Point Loma. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment, and I never want to leave. Oh, I am not here for blessing. Jesus, you do not owe me anything. Do you believe he doesn't owe you anything? Whenever you complain, you are claiming he owes you something. More than anything that you can do, I just want you. I'm sorry. Everyone say, I'm sorry. When I've gone through the motions, we go through the motions. Uh, that song always reminds me of how much I go through the motions and how much I take for granted God, and it's very humbling to sing that. Um, and, I, and I just want to encourage you today as we start this new series called Heart for the House, that the Spirit of God remind us in our heart what this is all about. Because church in different countries is experienced differently but here in the United States, in San Diego, in California, um, church is experienced and there's a different experience and expectation. And we constantly got to fight against it. And the main reason we come here, the main reason we come here is to experience God. It's not to get a sermon, not to sing a song. It's to experience God. Those are vehicles to that. Therefore, the devil does everything he can Saturday night, Friday night, Sunday morning to distract you from coming. And if you come to get you thinking about everything but experiencing God. Well, who's preaching? What song are they going to sing? Where am I going to sit? Oh, she's too loud. Everything but, and God's like, hello. Lord, I just pray that you remind us that this is all about you. And it's not all about you for what we're going to get. It's all about you for how you're going to change us so other people can experience you. There's so many layers, and, and often we're so many layers away from what this is really all about. 
And I pray as we start this new series, Heart for the House, that you would give us a heart for your house here and what you want us to do as Rock Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Give someone a high five, say you're ready. Please turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Last week, there was a mass murderer in the state of Maine, which is in the northeast part of the country. Killed 18 people. And I think two days later, killed himself. And whenever someone kills people, then they kill themselves. I have a tendency to go, you know, what a waste. What was the point? You killed them and then killed yourself. What was the point? And these weren't people he knew. It's always random, usually. And it's, even though it may seem senseless, it is actually extremely strategic and purposeful according to the devil. The devil is about John 10.10 says, the thief, the devil, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Everyone say steal. Steal. Say kill. Destroy. Steal your joy. Steal your opportunity. Steal your vision. Steal your sense of uh, worth. Destroy it and kill it. That is what he's about. And the devil's probably never, I can't say never, but never going to say, I'm the devil. I want to steal, kill, and destroy your life. The devil's going to come with a suave voice, going to come with a nice clothes, nice car, shiny things. He's going to masquerade as an angel of light or opportunity and then get you by surprise because he's deceptive. And the best filter for us to understand how to discern what's from him or not is the word of God and the Holy Spirit. That's why we need a relationship with God. So the Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When you go out and kill people, then kill yourself, that is the ultimate win because you've just destroyed all these people's lives. Then you destroy yourself and you get nothing for it but death. That's the devil. God came to give us life and life more abundantly. Can I get amen? And so you have two choices to follow the evil one who is going to deceptively drag you down a path of steal, kill, and destroy. And like I said, he's not going to tell you that he's doing that until it's too late. And, he's not, and, it, and until you realize it, probably never, he's not going to tell you. You just have to wake up one day and go, what am I doing? How many of y'all had a relationship, whether it be dating, marriage, uh, or, or, or friendship, or business, or whatever, or friends, and then you, after months, weeks, months, years, you go back and what was I thinking? Can I get amen? Amen. Okay. And how many of y'all had a friend that after they spent time with you, looked at you and said, what was I thinking? Can I get amen? Okay. (laughs) Because you know, it's it's not always the other person. We're we're complicit. And so the devil is so deceptive And, and, and it's with people that we really like. And then we go, what was I thinking? God says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. How many of y'all want life and life more abundantly? Here's the problem. We want it on our terms. We want just enough church so I can be happy. Just enough Bible study. Just enough prayer. Just enough Bible. But I don't want to go crazy. I want to get just enough so I can go out here and play and have the cake and eat it too. And that's where it says uh, that song we wrote, uh, we we take for granted for God. That's how we take granted for God. We don't 
We don't like just throw ourselves in his arms. Heart for the House is our yearly campaign where we reset and reestablish and clarify what we're about and talk about what next year is going to be, 2024, and then ask you to join us in your time, your talent, and your treasure, in your activity, in your involvement, in your giving, that you say, are you with us or not? Because a lot of people come to church, and I wanted to pass this prayer this morning, you're not, you're, you're not bought in, you're just renting. You're a consumer. And this is an opportunity for you to say, this is what The Rock's about, and I'm in. Or I'm not. Fine. I would say wherever you go to church, just be 100% committed. If you're going to work out, be 100% committed. If you're going to go on a, on a diet, be 100% committed. If you're going to be married, be 100% committed. Don't be 50-50. Don't be, don't be 70-30. Be 100-0. Can I get, is, is, is that clear what I'm saying to you? That, that is the best way you're going to get out of whatever, you, whatever you're doing, whatever it is. If you're 100% committed, you're going to get the best experience. Trust me. But if you're wishy-washy, eh, eh. So... Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I want to share with you our vision and our mission today and what that means and so you can understand and what that means for you. Number one, our vision. A vision is a picture of your preferred future. How many of y'all have uh, been on a diet before or worked out with some kind of goal? Anybody? Raise your hand really high. Elbow above the ear. Let me see your hands. Okay, very good. Very good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So when you went on that diet, hopefully you had a picture of what you wanted to look like at the end of the diet. I, I mean, if you didn't, then, or you had maybe a picture in your mind or at least stats. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to have a six pack, or I want to go from a, a double keg to a single keg, or, or I want to, I want to, you know, my arms to be a certain big, whatever it is, a picture of your preferred future. I, I'm, I'm learning to speak Spanish. I'm, I've been a perpetual, uh, a perpetual um, uh, 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 learner. And if I watch Spanish TV or talk to some Spanish friends and I hit them on, I'm like, I want that. That's my goal. That's, that's a picture. I want to just be able to flow. Now, when I grew up, I was, I was, forgive me if I'm, I'm not mocking you. This is just what it sounds like to me, right? Well, um, when I grew up in New York, where I grew up around a lot of Puerto Ricans who talk differently. Are Puerto Ricans? Anybody Puerto Ricans? Puerto Ricanos? Hey, 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 come on now, baby. Come on. When Puerto Ricans, when Puerto Ricans talk and, and say amen if I'm telling the truth, you think they're fighting. And then Mexican Spanish is a little different. Costa Rican Spanish is a little different. Cubano Spanish is a little different. And so I grew up with that vision. I want to do that. A vision is your picture of your preferred future. So when God looks at the church, he goes, what would I love to see in the future? Look what it says. Establish pervasive hope. That's how we summarize Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Watch this. Jerusalem... Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. All that means is everywhere. That's all that means. How many of y'all um, ever created or did a slippy slide in the grass when it was flooded with water? You know, you could flood, you could flood your lawn with water or it rained and there was, there was a, a field of, or a piece of grass that was full of water and you could slippy slide in it. Can I get amen if you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So what happens is you think of all these little pieces of grass, thousands and thousands of blades of grass, and the water is all in between it. 
I want you to imagine all those blades of grass are buildings, houses, schools, police stations, people, cars in a community. And the water saturating the grass is the gospel. That's pervasive hope. That means for us, just us in here and all the campuses here in San Diego and and Honolulu, that all the people in San Diego would have the gospel this far from them. That is not going to happen if all we do is talk about it in here. It's going to happen when we do this, our mission. Uh, No God. Everyone say no God. Say grown community. Say make a difference. Look what the Bible says in Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, see where it says lo? Everybody see where it says lo? I used to think that was short for Lorenzo because that was my friend's name back home. <laughs> lo, Lorenzo, I'm with you always. Uh, the Bible says Make disciples of all nations. You are not a disciple if all you do is learn Bible information. You are not a disciple if all you do is learn Bible information. You're a student, yes, good for you. But, and a disciple needs to learn Bible information, but you are not a disciple if all you do is get head knowledge. You're a disciple when you actually do what Jesus did. Now, that includes head knowledge. But Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishes of men where you can go out and actually save, help grab people who are not saved and help them be saved, help them learn the Bible and help them go do the same thing. That's what a disciple is. So what we want to do is make sure that we are following Jesus to do what he did. Because he said, look what he says in Matthew chapter 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe or do all the things that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you to the end of the age. No matter where you go, I am with you. Are y'all following me so far? So here's the vision of the rock. The vision is that we would establish pervasive hope that when you leave here or whatever campus you're at, you're driving home, you look down the street, you look down the street, how do we get the gospel to all these people? That is what Jesus told us to do. That's what we want to do. We want to do what he told us to do. We don't want to make something up. We want to do what the Bible says. Remember, he says, you shall receive power, not this power, supernatural, dunamis, Holy Spirit power, and you shall be a witness to him in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and ends of the earth. So how are we going to do that? We're going to help people know God. Everyone say, know God. We're going to help people grow in community. Say, grow in community. Say, we're going to help people make a difference. Say, make a difference. Okay, three things. Now, here's what, here's heart for the house. Here's what I want you to be thinking about. Oh, next year, we want to do. About 7,000 people come on Sunday, give or take. That means there's probably about 12, 13,000 who go on it because everybody doesn't come every week. So let's just say that. So we picked the number 7,000. No God means that someone would actually accept Christ as their Savior. We want to train and equip 7,000 of y'all to lead someone to Christ. Mm. Mm. Okay, here's my question. I'm here my question. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. When you raise your hand, I want you to put your elbow above your ear. Okay, not the T-Rex thing. I want this. Okay. How many of y'all know one person that needs Jesus Christ as their Savior? Okay, keep your hand up. Look around the room. 
Now, okay, put your hand down. How many of you know one person that, man, if they got Christ, they desperately, he would so change their life and, and save their life. Can I get amen? amen? Okay, very good, very good. How many of you know five people? Great. How many of you are, are around a bunch of other people that you don't know that need Jesus Christ? Okay, great, fabulous. Do this. Can can y'all do this? Just one finger? (laughs) Just one. Just give me one. Just give me one. Here's what we're going to do. We have a training that I'm developing now that we're going to launch next year, January, February. Uh, It's called Just One. Can you get one? Just one. Okay? Let me me keep going. I'm going to come back to that. Next thing you know, next thing, we will grow in community. We want to get half of y'all in small groups. We want to get half of y'all into a small group where you're in a community. And number three, we want 25% of y'all to actually be serving in ministry. And what that means is you're volunteering somewhere. You are actually putting your shoulder to the plow and you are helping move the mission forward. That you're volunteering at an event, you're volunteering in hospitality, you're leading a small group, you're, you're helping teach other people how to share the gospel because the curriculum I'm going to tell you about, we're going to need trainers to train other people. And some of y'all are trainers right now, you're teachers right now. So we want you to give you that content so you can help people understand the gospel. Can I get an amen? There are some of y'all who are executives, some of y'all who are planners, your CEOs. We want to leverage your experience and your contacts to get the gospel to, to, to other people. I just, I just got a DM from someone on, on a talk show on TV. I'm not going to tell you who the person is. And here's, here's what the lady said. How can we get, I, I'm, I'm a paraphrase. Matter of fact, let me just read it so I, don't, so I don't misquote this person, even though I'm not telling you who the person is. The person said, let me get this real quick. My bad. Sorry for the delay. I'm just going to talk here. I don't have service because I'm on airplane mode. Let me see here. Thank you very much. You guys are so patient. She wrote, she wrote, how, this is a lady, you see her on TV every day. And I don't know her. How do we help you spread the good news? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But here's my point. All of y'all have access to different things. And God gave you that access for him, not for you. All of you have resources to different things. And God gave it to you for him, not for you. But you get to enjoy the process of partnering with God. And that is going to be your greatest joy. And, and trust me, what we're going to talk about today is sharing your, sharing your faith, just that first part. And we're going to talk in the subsequent weeks about expansion and the building. We're, going to get, we're trying to get Chula Vista for a church down there. We're very close to a contract. And, and the money, that's all this is going to take. Some of you, got, God has enabled some of y'all to make a lot of money. Guess what? It's God's money. He wants, to, he wants to leverage that to expand the kingdom. It requires all of us. It requires all of us. And so number one, how are we going to empower all of you to lead one person to the Lord. If all of you can just give me the one finger, just put one finger, please. Just one. Here's my question to you. Can, everyone, everyone let, let me put your hand up. I just want to see all your, all the finger, one fingers. Very good. Can you lead one person to the Lord? We're going to give you the tools. We're going to do the training. I'm doing a pilot this week. We're buffing it out and we're going to launch it Q1 next year. It's, and it's going to be awesome. I've led thousands and thousands of people one-on-one to the Lord. I just led a lady to the Lord on the plane Wednesday. And so here's my question. Can you just get one? Say just one. Say just one. You can put your hands down. Can you just get one next year? That's it. 
Just one. And then once you get that one, can you help them get just one? So we're going to equip you with that. But you're going to have to take a, because I know most Christians do not do this. It is the devil's biggest scam to talk Christians out of telling people the best news they have in their life. If someone gave you a million bucks, you'd be telling everybody. If you won the lottery, you'd be on TV. I won the lottery. I won that. Look at that. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get, what you going to do with your money? Well, I'm going to help my mama. And then I'm going to get a car. And then I'm going to get a new hairdo. And then I'm going to get a, you know, a, a, you know I'm going to get a whole hookup and everything. Ain't nobody going to hear that. You met Jesus. And it's like, you a Christian? Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of go to church sometimes. And God's like, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. So how can we package this? Last week, I uh, um, was talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. And I made a mistake to say that Ishmael and Isaac were cousins when they're brothers, half-brothers. I really meant to say their descendants are cousins, but so apologize for that. And obviously, I would assume y'all are watching what's happening with the war in Gaza. And it is heartbreaking to see, especially what's happening to those kids. But then I started looking up the wars in the world. There's like 32 wars going on right now. Gaza has 2 million people, and it's horrible what's happened to those 2 million people. Hamas and the Palestinians I consider different. But you have the Congo, which has 5 million people who have been displaced. That's a country in Africa. Ethiopia, North Africa, 9 million people have been displaced. You have 30 two wars, and God looks at it from his perspective, and it breaks his heart. But where do those wars come from? They come from the heart of man. I want to read something to you. And this is the sad thing. Matthew 7, 21, 23. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, Adultery, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within. Now, why am I telling you this? Because the only thing in the universe that can change the heart of a man is the gospel. Jesus came to bring the gospel. The Bible tells us that God created all of us in his image to have a relationship with him. God did not create you to come to a church and listen to a preacher. This is part of helping you have a relationship with him. But God came to or created us in his image so he can have a relationship with us. In our sin, we rebelled and pushed God away and ruined that relationship. So therefore, Jesus came down and lived as a role model to us the life we should have lived. Supernatural, prayerful, Submitted to the Father. Then he died to pay the price for our sin. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And there's a lot in that, but the first part is that God made us in his image. And by the way, everything I'm sharing with you is when you come to this Just One training is what you're going to be able to share with somebody. Number one, God made you in his image. When you go buy a glove in a store, the glove is on the shelf and it's like that. It has no life, can't move, has no power. 
It's not until you put your hand in the glove that was made in the image of your hand. It's not until you put your hand in the glove that you give it life and purpose and movement. Take your hand out of the glove, the glove is dead. God made every single one of us in his image so he can live inside of us and give us his power, his wisdom, his perspective on your life and on your future. Can I get an amen? God created you for a relationship. When people have children, they don't have children so that children can watch them cook and clean and worship them. They have children so they can have relationship with the children, love the children, invest in their children, encourage their children, protect their children. God created us to have relationship. But we pushed them away. And we ruined the opportunity to access everything God has for us. And because God is perfect and we are not We created religion to try to get back to God, but religion will never get us to God because the standard is perfection. So God said, instead of you trying to get to me because you can't, I'm going to come down to you. And he came down in the form of Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life as our role model. He showed us what we were created to live, how we were created to live. And then he died on the cross for our sin. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead to not only conquer death, but to prove to us that he can deliver eternal life to us. If you want a financial planner, you should never trust your money with someone who's broke. You should never let someone who doesn't have a license drive you to work. You should never go to a dentist that has jacked up teeth. So why would you say to something or somebody who's dead, I trust you with my eternity? You shouldn't. That makes no sense. You should trust your life, eternity, to someone who died and rose from the dead. That's Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And therefore, now, and it's a gift. The gospel, Jesus offers you the gift of salvation that you can only receive if you repent. That's the gospel. Whenever, every Christmas and birthday, someone gives you a gift, and they give you a gift One, that you don't deserve. They give you a gift you can't pay for. And they give you a gift because they love you. Salvation is a gift you can't earn. You can't ever pay God back. No matter how good you think you are, it's a gift you can't pay him back, you can't earn. And it's a gift that he's given you because he loves you. And by the way, it's a gift that you know not of. Even if someone gives you a gift, you're like, oh, I don't know. I can't wait to open it. I don't know. And you open it up. Oh, I I see it. This is a gift where it keeps getting opened every single day. It has a surprise every day, every year. The more you walk with him, you know, amen. It's like unbelievable, believably eternal. And we don't even experience the best of it until after we die. So God offers that to every single one of the people you raise your hand for that don't know Jesus. And God wants to use every single one of you to share with every single one of them. I want to read a few verses to you. And in these passages, you're going to see Jesus, every time he was with sinners, he got criticized. As my grandfather said, listen to me carefully. You don't understand the significance. There was no Christian church when Jesus came. It was just the Jewish faith in synagogues. And Jesus came and says, I've come to share the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has arrived. That anybody can receive it. 
Then the Christian church was born when the Holy Spirit came, but it didn't, it didn't replace Judaism. It completed it. And now here we are. And the reason I say that is because we only know this context. But I want you to know that when Jesus came, everybody was lost and in need for what he came to bring. Which means that he came for people who weren't yet in what he was bringing. The gospel and the church is the only institution created for the people who are not in it. And so this is not only for us. It's for the people in your life, your family, your mother, your father, your uncle, your grandfather, your, 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 your boss, your employees, your, empl your fellow employees. Those people in your life, Christianity is for them. It's not like, I got mine, I'm good. It's for them. My grandfather, who is my hero, he died at 81 years old. He was from Jamaica, West Indies, had a nightclub there. He was famous, all kind of stuff in Jamaica, West Indies. and came to America. It didn't work out. But, but he was like, my God, man, I love that guy so much. And he died at 81 of cancer. And he lived up in the mountains in New York. And right before he died, he, he wasn't saved. So I flew back, drove up there, and said, Grandpa, I want to talk to you about God. Why? Because Grandpa was going to die without Jesus. And, he looked, and, and when he was laying on his bed looking at me like this, because I, I was sitting over here, and I said, I want to talk to you about Jesus. He turned his head away. I said, go ahead. Shared the gospel with him. And he said, I, I, I got one question for you, my son. And he asked me a question about some experience he had when he was a kid in the church. I answered the question. I said, Grandpa, you, you got to make a decision. How's my grandpa? One of the most, most important people in my life. You have those people in your life. If that didn't happen, he ain't going. There are people in your life that God can only use you. You have access. And so we're going to give you those tools. You're going to hear about it, and here's what we're going to do. We want to know every week. We're going to pray for non-believers. We're going to get names from you. We're going to put those names up on the screen, and we're going to scroll like a movie theater. Like, a movie, like movie credits. And we're going to pray for your friends and your family. It's, the letters are going to be in white. And when they get saved, we're going to turn them red because they're covered in the blood. And we're going to celebrate those people every week. Amen? But guess what? You got to do it. And so I'm telling you, it's like Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. And I'm so excited about that. Okay? I'm serious. Let me read these verses to you. Then we're going to land this plane. Luke chapter 5, verse 29, Levi, Matthew gave Jesus a great feast in his house. And when there are a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down, the scribes and the Pharisees. There are some Christians who are scribes and Pharisees. You are stuck up, self-righteous, and think you know everything. Y'all know those people, don't you? They are so, so focused on proving someone wrong, but ain't saved nobody. Don't be that person. So here's Jesus sitting around with sinners and tax collectors. Tax collectors were the worst of the worst of the community. So drug dealers, thieves, thugs, hoodlums, that's who he's sitting with. Are y'all following me? That's who he's sitting with. And it says, the scribes and Pharisees complained against his disciples, said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician. If you think you're good, you have no need for me. 
If you think you're going to heaven on your own, you don't have no need for me. He says, but those who are sick, I have come to call the right, not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. How many of y'all are sinners that need God in your life? Amen. How many of y'all are righteous, don't need God in your life? Okay, then don't act like it. Oh, oh. <laughs> Let me read another one. Uh, Luke chapter 15, then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him and, and, and the Pharisees complained saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them. He says, what man having a hundred sheep if he loses one? Everyone say one. Does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one. Say one. Which is lost until he finds it. And when he found, finds it, he lays it on his shoulders. And when he comes, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me. Say rejoice with me. I have found my sheep which was lost. I say that likewise there will be more joy in heaven when one sinner who repents than over the 99 persons who don't need repentance. One sinner. Let me read one more to you. It says, what, what, uh, or what woman having 10 silver coins if she loses one? Everyone say one. Does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me. Everyone say rejoice with me. I found the peace which was lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one. Say one. Everyone say just one. Here's what I want you to pray about. I want you to start praying for that one. You can pray for five. Maybe, maybe that person, maybe that person, maybe that person. We're going to launch a training early next year. We're working on it now. And it is exciting, especially for me, to give to you what God has shown me over the last 40 years on how to show your faith. But I want you to start praying now to prepare your heart. And not only are you going to pray and target certain people that you know, but here's the cool part. You're going to be prepared for whatever. And you're going to be at Starbucks and you're going to sit down and someone's going to sit next to you and they're going to go, <sighs> and you're going to say, you okay? And they're going to say, I don't know, I'm just trying to figure my life out. And you're going to go, wait a minute, I learned that in the, in the class. How <laughs> am I supposed to say? <laughs> Do you mind if I share with you what life's about? And they're going to say, okay. Did you know that God created you in his image? This is no game. This is no game. You can do it. And the devil has been robbing you. <clears throat> I was 19 years old in a department store in a black neighborhood. Smoking weed every day, sleeping with that girl every day, waiting for her to get off work. And two hippies, white dudes look like Charles Manson. That's the best I could say it. They were beards, jacked up clothes, beat up Bibles, and they did exactly that to me. And I stood there and they opened the Bible up and they just talked to me for 10 minutes, five minutes. And I said, yes, here I am. It, people, my experience, and I have a lot of it, most people, a lot of people are this close. 
they just need someone to tell them. The gospel's like, the light, like a light. You hit the light switch, the light comes on, darkness runs. It don't matter who hits the light switch. The power is in the gospel. So I want to pray, God, our time is running out. If you want to ask Christ to be your Savior right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe you died and rose from the dead for me. Please forgive me. Come live in my heart like a hand in a glove. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being so good and patient. As you sit in your seat, if you realize that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead, and you want him to forgive you of your sin, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, please forgive me of my sin. I believe you died and rose from the dead. I admit that I'm a sinner and that the penalty of my sin is death. I repent of my sin. Fill me with the Spirit of God. I want to be born all over again. Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And by standing, you are acknowledging that Jesus loves you that he has an amazing plan for your life. He wants to forgive you of your sin. And you're ready to, to walk away from your old life. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. If you prayed that prayer, one, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Stay standing, please. Now, I'm going to ask you in a minute to come down to the altar. If you're in a balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. So if you're standing, come on down to the altar. Let's give them a hand. They come on down. Come on, church. Come on, church. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Hey man, come on, church. This is very real. And if you met somebody that you were going to date and you met him in the grocery store or wherever, he said, yo, girl, can I get that number? And gave him his number. And every time you call, you never picked up the phone. There's no relationship. So you just met your husband, Jesus. He wants to spend time with you. The only way it's going to 
change your life if you spend time with him. If you just go about, go do what you did, you'll, have, you'll get what you got. And you'll be like, oh, it wasn't real. No, it's real. When I accepted Christ that day in the, in the department store with those two guys, I didn't go to church for five years. I had nobody to teach me. So I went back to doing, living the life I lived. Started doing cocaine a few years later. My life was a mess because I never continued the relationship. So we want to help you in that. Amen? We're going to do our part and you got to do your part. Make that happen. Amen? Now here's the thing. Y'all have friends that need what you just got. Go get them. Bring them to church next week. And here's all you got to say. I was at church and uh, 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 he, he said something and I went down and I, was, I just felt good and just come on with me. I mean, if that's all you say, <laughs> it'll work. You'll be like, okay. <laughs> you don't, don't worry about, don't worry about, I got to get the Bible right. I got to, nah, nah. Like the, the lady in the Bible, she, she was like, I, this dude told me about, when she met Jesus and she went back to the town and said, this dude told me about my life. You got to hear him. I mean, that's what she said. So don't worry about being perfect. Just say, you got to hear this. And they're like, what do he say? I don't know. Where's it at? I don't know. What's the name of the church? I don't know. <laughs> what do you know? You just got to come with me. We'll figure it out. Okay? If that's all you do, you, God will bless you. Amen? Amen. And, and by the way, Wednesday we have prayer. Wednesday night, first, first uh, uh, prayer night we're gonna ha- that we're going to have. You guys are going to come out to that. He's going to tell you more about it.